coming up on today's show, we're going to catch up on the last few games uh, without Damian Lillard. We're going to get an update on Damian Lillard and updates on Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins. And then a couple of questions for Jason at the end of the show. I'm Damian Lillard, and you're listening to From the Rose Garden on the Athletic Podcast Network. Rip City! Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of From the Rose Garden, your Portland Trailblazers podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave DeFore, joined as always by my lovely and talented co-host, Jason Quick. Hi, Hi David. <laughs> by the way, I got I to gotta point this out because numerous people that, that listen to this show uh, have, have hit me up and said, I really love that Jason always calls you David. <laughs> like they see it as this like like you're actually like respecting my mother and and calling me <laughs> what she in- endearment. That's right. Calling me what she intended me to be called. And and by the yeah. way, one of these people I've known since I was 12 years old and she still calls me David. Love it. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. So just 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 wanted to point that out there since I was reminded of it when you called me that. Um all right, so last week we said the Blazers might struggle a little bit without Damian Lillard, and uh, seems like we nailed it. Yeah, they're uh, one in four since he's been out, and you know it's uh, CJ is not the one to blame. I think CJ has kind of answered the call, and the most surprising thing for me with CJ's play since Dame has been out is. We knew he'd score a lot of points, but we haven't seen this kind of playmaking and uh, distribution from CJ in his time here in Portland. So I think that's shown some growth from CJ. And I, I think we've talked about it on the show before that, you know, CJ has become a little stagnant in his career. He hasn't really added much to his game, but I think this has been a real bright spot in, in Dame's absence that CJ has shown that he can indeed run a team and uh, be effective both scoring and distributing at the same time. So that has been a plus. But overall, you know, the team has not looked very good. Their one win was against Detroit, and in that game they trailed by 10 in the fourth quarter. And I think Detroit right now is probably one of the bottom three or four teams in the NBA. You know, there's a bunch of guys there that are are young and – uh, not very well established, but they had Portland on the ropes, so that's not a good sign. But the last two games for Portland, well, yeah. I mean, last night against Indiana, I, I thought that was a really strong effort by the Blazers. They played really hard. They were right in it to the end, and then they they cut it to three in the final seconds, and then Miles Turner hit a, hit a three with nine seconds left to kind of ice it. But uh, against Boston, they were competitive. Uh, I think Boston, by the way, of all the teams that Portland has played this year, that game that they played in the in the Rose Garden was, I, I would put them in the top three or four of the NBA as far as performances against the Blazers this year. That Boston performance uh, was right there with uh, the Lakers, with Milwaukee, as far as, boy, just jumping off the page at you and going, wow, this team is talented and 
and playing together. I, I was really impressed with the Celtics. But there's no question that the Blazers need Dame back. Don't have a real good sense of where Dame is with his groin injury. Uh, he won't play tomorrow in Atlanta. He's not with the team. Uh, there's an outside chance that he'll fly out to Orlando for Monday's game. But that's, uh, I, I would say it's 50-50. That's basically what Terry Stott said last night pregame is that uh, he could come out. He could not come out. Um, they haven't really got a good sense. But uh, Dame decided late to stay in Portland so he could get more rehab and more training uh, to strengthen that that groin. But they need him back. I mean, he, he's just uh, he's a game changer, obviously, one of the best players in the NBA. This season, they are now one and six. No, that's not right, David. <laughs> They're one and five with Dame this year, yes, without Dame. Without Dame. Yeah. So uh, they need him back because time is running out. 22 games left, and they trail Memphis by three. And, and the Pelicans are on the way up. Yeah. Right? The Pelicans are trending up, so... It's, Pelicans should beat Cleveland tonight, and if the Pelicans do that, they'll leapfrog the Blazers into ninth place in the West. Yeah, I mean, the, the good news, I mean, it, obviously this is bad news in general, but the good news for Portland is that, you know, Memphis is slipping. They, they've suffered some injuries and, and have, you know, kind of hit right. their young guys sort of hitting a wall. So it's not like they're running away with the eighth seed, um, but, you know, it's it's late and and they're just not good enough to win without without Damian Lillard. I I do appreciate that that the one thing we talked about about CJ needing to step up that it actually has happened. Uh that's a big deal and we even, you know, when we were discussing the possibility that they move him, I think there's a little bit of uh almost like a trade highlight from him now where you see, okay, this guy could be the lead guard that you need other teams, you know, like a little bit of a trade showcase if you will. Of course, I don't think he's going to get traded, but. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I've said it many times before. People need to understand just how deeply Neil Olshay is a fan of CJ McCollum. I mean, he, I, I just don't see him trading CJ unless it's for Kawhi Leonard or, or somebody of that ilk. Uh, it's just not going to happen. And, and Neil's quote that he's told me before is like, why would I break up the best backcourt in the NBA? Why would I do that? Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of where his thinking is, but no question. CJ has answered the call and, uh, it's been really impressive in doing it. I mean, eight assists last night, that's the first time, uh, in these games that he hasn't been in double figures in assists. And so, uh, you know, really, really impressed with what, what he has brought to the table in Dame's absence. Okay, so what's up with Dirk? I know that you guys are having trouble tracking him down. Got yeah, him. it's been a quite the quite the cat and mouse game. Amazing I, I that a guy that and, big is good at hide and seek. Yeah, well, the way the NBA set up is uh, there's a bunch of areas that are off limits to to the media, and the players have become very aware of this and very good at uh, utilizing those areas. You know, home games, there's the training room, there's uh, the film room, the video room, uh, and then also on the bench. Media is not allowed to approach the players before the game when they sit on the bench. So 
uh, NERC has used those three areas to kind of dodge and bob and weave and avoid uh, contact with reporters. So, uh, but anyways, people don't care about that. The, but it's why there's been such little information released on NERC. Uh, it's because he's just not really in the mood to talk about his injury. But last night in Indiana, uh, I did corner him in the in the locker room and he basically said uh <laughs> this is how it went he was sitting on a chair i approached him stood in front of him and i said what can you do right now on the court and he's like i can't tell you and i'm like give me something people want some hope right now with the way the season's going and he says i can't give people hope because i don't have any answers because there's no timeline to uh, me coming back. And he says, you know, here's all these rumors that he's coming back after the all-star break. He's going to be back here or there. And he says, none of that is true. We don't have any timeline set because the biggest reason is one, the calf strain he suffered uh, after his first full contact practice, but two, the Blazers hardly practice anymore. And so he has been unable to return to the practice court to get uh, the proper seasoning he needs to re-enter into an NBA game. You need to get used to the speed. You need to get used to being hit. Uh, all that kind of stuff you need to get reacclimated to. And, you know, for instance, the, the first time he did rejoin the Blazers and have a scrimmage and full contact thing, his body didn't respond. His calf became strained. So he needs to go through several more full-blown practices, but the Blazers just can't practice right now because they're so depleted. And, uh, and it's an old team. You have Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, CJ McCollum's playing 40 minutes a night right now. So for instance, tonight, or today in Atlanta, the Blazers are scheduled to have a practice at Georgia Tech, but instead Terry Stotts, sensing where his team's at, uh, canceled it and, and has what they call a health and performance day. So players come in, they get treated, massaged. Some players can get up shots if they want, but there's no full-on getting a uh, lathered up in sweat type of practice. So. Nurk again, I, I think, you know, he'll probably do some drills, probably do some shooting, but he's not getting that full-blown game-like action that he needs. And, uh, you know, there's not going to be very many more of those in the near future either. The next time the Blazers uh, will have that type of practice probably is March 8th or 9th. That's when they have two off days in a row, and usually Terry Stotts will give uh, the team one day off and then to practice them another day when they have two days off. So March 8 and 9 is their next opportunity. Then they have two off days in a row on March 13th and March 14th. So I would guess that NERC won't come back before then. Uh, so I, I think the earliest, the earliest he could come back would be March 15th against uh, Houston at home on ABC. That's a 1230 Pacific time game. That would be the earliest in my guess that Nurk would come back because he would be able to get in at least a couple full contact practices before then. But uh, they may want him to have more 
But he said, look, I've been out 11 months with this injury. You can't just plop me back into a game. And that's a very big thing that I don't think people realize with players. They don't want to go out there and get embarrassed because you're talking about the best athletes in the world and the speed and the power and the agility that they play with is an incredible level. And even though Nurk is a, a professional elite athlete, you can't just go nearly a year without being in the thick of that and, and just go out and hold your own. There's a big chance that you can get embarrassed and there's a big chance that you can get hurt because you're not up to speed. So they got to be very careful with that. And Nurk is very conscious of that. And he wants to feel comfortable mentally and physically before he steps foot on the court. Yeah. I mean, it makes, makes perfect sense. And, and by the time he comes back, they might be out of it, which could even take more of the pressure off. Well, I don't think, I, I think they will be in it because Dave, the next uh, seven games that Portland plays are against teams with losing records. So there's a chance. And I, I think they have to go six and one, seven and zero. Oh, definitely no worse than five and two in this stretch. I mean, they have to win uh, these games. You know, any of these, any of these games coming up of, of these next seven, if they have losses, you're going to be going, oh, man, they lost to Atlanta. They lost to Phoenix. You know, Sacramento, th- those would be painful losses when you're talking about wanting to be in the playoffs. So I think they need to go 7-0, and 6-1 in, in this stretch. Uh, and that would put them – you know, that's getting right. Actually, after that seven-game stretch, that's when uh, they play Houston yeah, after that. They so. get head-to-head with Memphis, too. Head-to-head with Memphis. Right. They get Houston, uh, then then Minnesota and Dallas. I mean, it, it, yep. so they actually do have a chance. It, like, if they can if they can knock out the, the really bad teams that they're about to play, yep. they actually have a chance to, to, to get in there. Yeah. These next two weeks will define this season. It'll do We'll know by we'll know by St. Patrick's Day whether the Blazers are are a true contender for that eighth spot. Because if they just go five hundred over these next two weeks, then they're out. There, there's no way they're gonna uh, be able to overcome New Orleans or or Memphis. They have to run the table in these next two weeks. And it's your understanding that that Nurk comes back whether they're in it or not. They want to get him reps no matter what. No question. Okay. Yes, they they would like him to to clear that mental hurdle of playing in a game before next season. But they're not going to jeopardize and force him to do something that he's not comfortable with. But right. That is the best case scenario, and there's a strong desire with the team that he's able to play in some games this year. I, I think we missed an opportunity re renaming this show the Injury Report because uh, yeah, feels like man, that's just been the. The, the theme of the season. Uh, so speaking of which, heard Zach Collins was working out. Zach has been uh, very encouraged by his own progress. He is for, I, I think it's the entire month of February before every game, he's out on the court, getting up shots, getting a, a full sweat. Uh, he's been lifting weights, uh, doing Pilates, and he is very encouraged. Last night, um, he was sitting in front of his locker after the game in Indiana and eating his dinner. And I was saying, man, don't you like this arena in Indiana? Because that's my favorite arena in the NBA. And he says, yeah, it's okay. 
you know, I don't really get into arenas. And I said, well, I, I like Brooklyn too. And he said, you know what? It's funny is I've never played in Brooklyn. Uh, the first year he was out of the rotation. And then last year uh, they had just signed Kantner and uh, he kind of pushed him out of the rotation. So he hasn't played in Brooklyn. I said, oh, well, maybe this year they play at Brooklyn uh, on March 30th, I believe. Yeah, March 30th. And he goes, oh, yeah, I plan on being back by then. So he's he's really intent on uh, coming back in March and being not just rejoining the team, but being in games and playing for the Blazers. So I, I think that's really encouraging <clears throat> because I think we forget um, just how valuable Zach is to this team from an offensive and defensive standpoint. Um, so uh, I think that will help if he's able to get back. Yeah. And, and then, you know, Dame will be back hopefully in a couple of games. Okay. All right. Maybe it's not so bad. I, I didn't realize they were playing at Atlanta and Orlando coming up. Yeah. And two with Phoenix, Sacramento. Yeah. They got Washington. the Wizards. So, yeah. you know, and it's a home game. So you, you're going to see, you know, potentially 150 points out of the Blazers. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's pretty insane. Uh, all right. Well, um, now it's uh, we we got a bunch of questions here, and uh, our our producer had the fantastic idea to uh, have you answer random questions about your time covering the Blazers. So I, I went through and I picked. Well, I think this one is is actually fascinating. I'm really interested to hear what your answer is going to be. Before we move on, I want to take a moment to tell you guys about the great things we've got going on over at the Athletic. The Athletic is home to 400 of the best sports writers in the world, covering every major team in every major league in the United States, Canada, and the UK. My favorite writer, you guys know it, Jason Quick, the guy I get to talk to on this show every single week, where we add behind-the-scenes coverage of the stories that he's telling over on the website, things that are left on the cutting room floor. That's what this show is for, but the meat of the story you can only find from Jason over at The Athletic. You can set up the homepage however you want. You can get all your Portland coverage, just like the newspaper that we all grew up reading. Simply put, we've got the best sports newsroom and storytelling on the planet. You don't have to take my word for it. You can go see for yourself by signing up for a free trial. Head to theathletic.com slash from the Rose Garden to save 40% on an annual subscription. That works out to $3 a month for total access to some of the best sports coverage in the world. What are you waiting for? That's theathletic.com slash from the Rose Garden to save 40%. From where the hoop at on Twitter, with the way this team is currently constructed, what former Blazers would you add to the squad? It's a great question. I love it. Uh, Kevin Duckworth I, would probably be my first choice, but. Uh, you know, I still think LaMarcus Aldridge would fit beautifully with this team. Yeah. Uh, and particularly with, with Nurt, just with the pick and pop and uh, his defense. I think people forget just how good a defender LaMarcus Aldridge was. I, I think LaMarcus would really fit well. You know what? I This, this is going to be a blast from the past for a lot of people, but I think Sergio – uh, Rodriguez would oh, be man. Uh, really fun in Terry Stott's system. I think Sergio was kind of a victim of Nate McMillan's 
half court, you know, clear out for Brandon Roy uh, style offense. I think Sergio would be Sergio and Rudy Fernandez actually both would would really flourish. I think in Stotts flow offense, that'd be really fun to watch. Yeah, so, uh, Sergio Rodriguez is one of my favorite players because I, I watch him a lot in Europe where he actually gets to do fun stuff. And he is an absolute gem of a of a man. I mean, he is one of my favorite people as a as a person that I've ever encountered. Uh, really, really like him. What What's your favorite Sergio Rodriguez story? Oh, I don't have a great one. Uh, it, I always found it interesting how he and Lamarcus Aldridge were incredibly, incredibly tight friends. Uh, they became very, very close, and this was at a time in Lamarcus's career when he was really introverted. I mean, Lamarcus is a natural kind of introvert, but he's kind of come out of his shell, I think, a little bit after he gained some stardom. Uh, in his career, but early on when he was still fighting for his name and all that, he was really to himself and really uh, discarded and, and shielded. And yet Sergio and his bubbly personality was able to, to break that and really kind of make him show us LaMarcus's fun side at times. And uh, so I, I was always fascinated by, by their connection and, and their relationship. Huh. I like that. All right. Um, let's see. Here we go. Uh, from TBC5150. In the past 15 years, my favorite time was the Blazers' 13-game winning streak in 2007. Felt oh, like yeah. a Rip City rebirth and was highly unexpected. Any thoughts on that? And what, was you, like, what were your favorite moments to cover, I guess, since you've been covering the team? That 13-game winning streak, it was in December, I believe, uh, was a blast. That was kind of the, the awakening of that era. Because um, before that win streak, everyone, it was just a team built on potential. And there were a lot of cool things about that streak. Uh, one, it started with Travis Outlaw hitting a game winner in Memphis, I believe, but it was, uh, it really started a couple of days before that the team had a practice in San Antonio at a church and Nate McMillan, the coach was really felt the team was being soft and they were really affected by other teams kind of bullying them. And they were complaining a lot to the refs and stuff. So Nate devised this practice where there's going to be no fouls called and they, he wanted them to scrimmage. And so guys were just hammering into each other and pretty soon guys started getting pissed. And I think Joel Prisbilla and Martel Webster uh, got into it a little bit shouting and, and Nate sitting on the sidelines, kind of smiling to himself going, this is exactly what I want. I want to see some fire. I want to see some, some spunk. And uh, Steve Blake in the course of this, uh, practice got pissed and took a chair and hucked it across the court and uh mcmillan stopped everyone and said blake we're guests in this uh place go pick that up so blake went and picked it up and threw it again (laughs) (laughs) dude that guy's Uh, got wow (laughs) blake has a temper yes he does uh 
so anyways, that came to kind of embody and symbolize this. Uh, the, the team came together in that practice. It, it was so heated and so emotional. And uh, it, they lost their next game, but then they Travis hit the game winner and they won 13 straight. But they all pointed back to that practice at a San Antonio church uh, where they wanted to beat the crap out of each other and Blake threw stuff. And But it got them to, you know, at the end of the practice, they were like, they just came together. They, they grew to appreciate each other and they found that that's the way they need to play. They needed to be tougher, uh, fight through things. And so that was, uh, but anyways, that, that streak was incredible. I remember, I think it was, uh, that was a Christmas day game was included in there where they beat Carmelo Anthony in the, in the Denver nuggets. And they won it by, uh, Brandon Roy blocking Carmelo Anthony's shot in the final seconds. I think, uh, B Roy had 41 points in that game. But uh, that was kind of a, a sign of things to come. I, I don't think they made the playoffs that year, uh, but I, I think they ended up going, finishing like 500. That was the first time they'd been 500 or better in a long time. But that, that kind of was uh, a sign of things to come, that this group was on its way to, to being something special. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things uh, about like on Twitter is um, – the the recycled social media content that pops up every year for certain guys' birthdays. So like Jason Williams, right? His Kings highlight package comes up. You always see the elbow right. pass. Well, f- for Steve Blake on his birthday, it's always that video of him getting into a fight in practice when he was in college. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. No, no. That's everything I know. I mean, you know, I'm from mid-Atlantic area. So, uh, yeah, everything I've ever heard about Steve Blake, if you want to go, he's ready at any time. Yeah, he's tough, man. He's tough as nails. I'm hoping he's playing uh, with the uh, the Portland Generals at Hoop Summit when I'm up there. Uh, he <laughs> he runs with the the guys against Team USA in that scrimmage, and it's always fun. Well, he's he's an assistant coach now for uh, the Phoenix Suns. Oh, so he won't be there probably. Yeah, Ugh, it's a bummer. Gotta gotta get another. Who else is retired and in Portland that can still play? Channing Fry. Uh, yeah, Channing, lead the Portland Generals if he's listening. Lead the Portland Generals against the uh, the Team USA guys at Hoop Summit. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. Don't forget, guys, you can go sign up for The Athletic if you're not already a subscriber. Use our link, theathletic.com slash from the Rose Garden. And we get credit for it. And I know you guys really want to hook us up. Uh, and also, you know, give us a good review over on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're not listening in the app, uh, Jason, you got any, any closing thoughts as we leave until next week? No, David, I think the Blazers need to go undefeated by the next time we talk. And if they have a loss by the next time we talk, then. We're going to have some issues, David. Yes, I think I think you uh, might have hit that one right on the head. Yeah. Yep. Well, hopefully they do, because uh, it'd be a lot more fun if uh, if they're still in it. So uh, until next week, this has been from the Rose Garden. Thanks. Both things play hard. Both things play hard. God bless and good night.